RadioInfluence.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up. Come on in, sit down. We're chatting this week about breaking glass ceilings, how to become your best self with some management style tips. Uh, And here to connect those dots is Gary Montoot. We're happy to have him on the show today. He's a dedicated mentor and he's been hugely successful at connecting people. Uh, He is also a technology leader, a thought leader um, for Fortune 100 organizations. He knows how to work through that matrix management services, through cross-functional project resources, and, you know, just also a builder of just really high-performing teams because of all of this thought-provoking leadership. So welcome to the show, Gary Montoot. We're so happy to have you. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Really, really, really good to connect with Stephanie again and finally having uh, met you, Ashley. So it's good to be part of the conversation. Yeah. No, I'm so excited about this, Gary, because we've known each other for a while. How long has it been now? Like, let's just say decades. So we don't give our age away, right? Let's say <laughs> decades plus. Maybe. Good idea. Yeah, and I feel like we've always like we we've been in touch on job opportunities, of course. But I feel like you know more on like a friend level too. And I feel like you've kind of mentored me along the way too, and hopefully, um, you know, I've added value in our relationship as well. Um, but I've always enjoyed our relationship. You've been a great friend. Absolutely. I mean, initially it was, it was a vendor relationship, right? But it, let's, let's take the word vendor and just put a relationship. And right. it really was about, it could be times that I'm looking for an opportunity or times that I was not looking and I just wanted to, you know, touch base with you or vice versa. You want to see what's going on in my group, if we're hiring or not. You know, always just keeping your pulse on what's out there. I, I always tell people, even in my current organization, right? I always tell people that I always have a roll of decks of, of candidates that I've interviewed. I probably couldn't pr- provide them an opportunity, but I'll reach back out to them. I'll always go after great people or, or great vendor contacts or account managers. And, you know, talking about, you know, you were a recruiter one time and look where you are now. So obviously that relationship has grown and expanded. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I feel like that's the right way to do relationships is if you find someone that is a good person and they you see yourself really clicking with and they keep those relationships and hold on to them and just build on to them. We've been through uh, birth of your kids, um, graduation of mine. It's, 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 it's pretty, it's pretty long. So yeah, a lot yeah. of changes have occurred. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's dive into it. So you've made a name for yourself as a lead by example leader. Um, tell us what you do differently that makes you an effective leader. You know, the, the buzzword or, or the conversation these days is diversity, inclusion, and, um, and, you know, and, and people look towards, you know, bringing those part of the organizations. But that's been around for a long, long time, you know, um, because we have a very diverse workforce, right? We have women in the workforce. We have uh, minorities in the workforce. So that's the diversity right there, right? Um, people may not have recognized, but that's been going on for a number of decades. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of, and again, being, being a person of color coming into any organization, I recognize that, you know, there might be an uphill climb just because of 
how people have been portrayed in the workforce, television, or whatever it is. And you just have to bring your, your best self. You know, you have to bring your best self um, every every time. And that goes back to, you know, how you were raised, right? You know, schools you may have gone to, people that you've seen have been successful. I think that's a big thing for me, looking at people who have been successful, um, not, you know, not putting a, a color or, or gender or, or, or race or whatever to them, but just looking at the success of people. What did they do? What books? Who did they associate with? And mm-hmm. so those things have helped me a lot. And then I've been, as you know, I've been in, in martial arts for decades and stuff like that and soccer. for So team sports, you know, those things have brought a lot of discipline in my life as well. And, you know, being able to transfer that into the, into the work environment, that has helped me a lot uh, be a leader and a team player and a, and a, and a top performer. That's awesome. I feel like that is important. Um, and I know we've, um, you've told me about the martial arts um, thing before, and I'm kind of getting off topic a little bit, but yeah. so are you like a um, black belt and like, do you just own it or do you do it too? So for about 15 years, I, I owned a, a franchise in uh, the Tampa area and uh, in Palm Harbor, actually. I'm a, I'm a third degree black belt. Um, and so in, in incorporating the different styles of uh, Aikido and Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. And, um, you know, had a really, really, really good following there in, in Tampa. But, you know, I had to move on, focus more on the family and stuff like that. And when I gave that up, I got back into soccer. I started coaching up there. Um, in a league and, and that was again fun. I, I just love influencing and being inspirational to the youth and, and others. So that has always been a that's what I take into the workforce. I look for well, when I when I'm going into hiring folks, sometimes I would look for key top performers from other companies. I'll also take a, a chance with someone that's a little bit green, you know, maybe straight out of college. There are people that have taken straight out of college, first job, and now they're executives for some top fortune one or fortune 500 companies out there. Right. Well, I feel like there's a lot of similarities, like things you can cross over, like the discipline piece of it, hard work, you know, team oriented, you know, all the, all the similar characteristics as sports and bring it into the workplace. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you don't show up correctly in that sport activity, you'll be on the bench depending on what it is, right? Nobody wants to really be on the bench Uh, from a martial arts perspective when it comes to competing with it, what's called kumite, which is fighting. Um, it's one-on-one. You have to come at your best game or the other person is going to stand up uh, most victorious in that podium, right? And so, you know, and then, you know, even being a good cheerleader, uh, no pun intended to you, Ashley, and <laughs> for having this, but being a good cheerleader, you may not be able to be in the ring, but how do you support the people that are in the ring and stuff like that or on the field? Those are quite important. So, which, which again, correlation, in, 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 in the work environment, right? You, you might be a top performer. Who else are you bringing along with you? You may not be a top performer, right? You may, who else are you associating with to become that top performer or that lead? Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so share with us um, a few tips, Gary, because I know, you know, throughout the years, you've had a lot of management experience, right? And, with the black belt degree and, you know, playing soccer and being really involved, what's, what's a couple of tips that you can share for our listeners who are at that management level that might be struggling to maybe stay there or maybe elevate themselves? Um, what are some things we can share with them? 
I think one of the biggest um, opportunities or biggest change or pivots in my life was when my director a number of years ago assigned me what is called a mentor, right? So Gary, you have this potential. Again, real conversations, real, real time conversations. Gary, you have this potential. You just have to have a way of how you present or yourself, you know, look at, I didn't know what he was talking about, right? I didn't know it was my haircut, the way I dressed or whatever it was. But it was something called, at that time, maybe about 20 plus years ago, the executive presence, right? How you carry yourself, where you sit in the room, different. So he assigned me a mentor, which was one of his peers. So I received regular coaching, but then I had this mentor that if I'm doing presentations, I will go to my mentor. If I am having a trouble with my manager or somebody above, I will go to this mentor, read some books, um, different things like that. So I think being able to find a mentor or have that conversation with your director or lead, say, hey, I would like a mentor. A lot of people don't understand what it's about. It has nothing to do with being a manager or a director. It has to do with somebody you can go or come alongside whatever your whatever your challenge is, whatever your direction, your ladder is. And that helped me a lot. And and I have just always grown since then. I've always, I've gone to organizations whereby I have seen people with opportunities and I've said, hey, I'm going to assign you a mentor. I've, I've taken the same process. I've assigned you a mentor and it's always allowed for a great success for those individuals to go to the next level because they've, they've done it before. The mentors usually have done it. They've overcome some challenge, um, adversity or what I call glass ceiling sometimes, depending on, we could get into that a little bit later. Um, but, you know, definitely. And then sometimes your mentor can be that uh, that person that speaks in those meetings that you're not there. Hey, you know what? Gary is a good person for this because I, I've worked with Gary. I know Gary. And it's not just biased because it's your manager. It's somebody else. Mm-hmm. So build that type of relationship. So a mentor should be someone within your company, within the organization that you work with, that's at a higher level. Role, but not usually, your boss. Yeah, yeah, not your boss. Usually, uh, usually at a higher level. Um, definitely, it doesn't have to be in the same department. Um, I had quick story. I had a um, I had a, a lady that was working for me that was in the Philippines, and I had I found a mentor in the Philippines in another region of the Philippines for her. You know, because she was straight out of you know straight out of college, didn't know much in terms of you know how to be, you know, work that professional area and whatnot. And then the mentor's like, oh, I would love to do it. I've never done it before, but I would love to do it and stuff like that. So I, I did that and that was great. Yeah. Um, I that. No, I, I feel like a mentor is something that we've heard a lot um, from people that we've had on the podcast, you know, yeah. and, and having having that mentor is very important to your career and, and uh, working your way up. So yeah. I think that and, is and important. What is, what is not it's not going to have that beer. It's not going on a golf course. Those are other things, right? Although those are very fun. Yeah, yeah very fun. <laughs> they're, they're, great, they're great things. So we love to get invited, you know, uh, when it's when it's not hot outside. But, you know, it's um, definitely, it's it's not looking forward to that because some, I've seen it go in the wrong direction, right? And it becomes a drinking buddy. It becomes my golf buddy. And that's not what it's about. It's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line drawn and, and so forth. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, um, we had talked about interviewing and how we were going to get into that a little bit. Um, you've had your fair share of interviews and mm-hmm. I, I think the first time we talked, you mentioned, um, you know, going into the interview, you were a little bit nervous oh, yeah. and, um, we've all had that light bulb go off, um, at some point 
whenever it's like, when do you get over that nervousness or do you ever, and what are some tips to help you get over that nervousness? So, so let me give you, so historically, right. So um, I was, I grew up in the Island of Trinidad, as I mentioned before, very, very multicultural, very diverse community, et cetera. So, you know, coming over here, um, I didn't, I didn't think there was any problems or whatnot. I, I went to university of South Florida for a little bit. And uh, I remember that one year that uh, they had wrote something in uh, very, very, you know, derogatory, um, save the whale, kill, kill the, you know, fill in the blank. Um, and that was written. And I was, that was my first time, but I think it was my third year. And I was like, okay, I'm in America. Three years I've been here. I'm like, oh, wow. So, you know, that kind of gave me a sense of like, you know, you could be smiling with people in, you know, one minute and then next minute they're doing things behind your back. My, my first couple of interviews were always, always predominantly a whiteboard, uh, either a, 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 person, a Caucasian person or completely all Caucasian, all Caucasian males usually, right? And again, learning from USF and learning from things, you know, there's this thing of like, do I have to do, do I have to perform 10 times as, you know, more than the, the person who does not look like me? Um, so you, you have that. And then um, I always thought that, you know what, you bring your best self. So if my best self is is not good enough for you, then I'm not good enough for the company, right? So um, initially, it used to be very, you know, very, very, tell me about a time, tell me about a time, tell me about a time type of conversations, right? Those behavioral interviews. And, you know, sometimes it went well. Sometimes I'll offer the position. But sometimes it was really, very stiff. I was nervous because it's like, wow, will they even look at me? And then come to find out, when I started getting um, having a lot more uh, mentors and whatnot, sometimes the the, the board of uh, folks that don't look like me, maybe all Caucasians, they're nervous as well because it's like we don't want to say the wrong thing. We, next thing you know, uh, there's some type of uh, discrimination, whatever it is, and, and I'm like, you know, wouldn't it be great never to have to look at that? And so, and that's why I think to this day, interviewing is more about conversations. I can't tell you the last interview, last interview I've been on whereby it was about, tell me about a time you were successful. It was like, you know, so I see you have a resume here. So why do you want to be here? You know, and then you ask some questions, you know, like, what's your culture like? You know, it, it's really a, com- just like this right here, it's a conversation more than anything else. And that's the telltale sign of the culture. If you could have really simple conversations with that hiring manager, recruiter, it gives you a sense of how easy is it to me, for me to come and say, Hey boss, I need some time off. Hey, you know, so-and-so is sick. Can I work from home? Um, you know what? I've been doing really well. My performance is this. Um, do you think I could get an off, you know, an off, um, what do you call it? Uh, a promotion now, right? Uh, earlier than normal, different things like that. Because you saw that from the beginning. What's the culture like? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think interviewing it's a little bit, I, I look at it from a conversation. Everyone I talk to, I talk to my daughter about it. It's a conversation. My wife and I talk about, it. it's a conversation. If they come with like, you know, tell me this, tell me this, tell me that, pre for it, right? SARS, situation, action, results, right? Still in my head, but I go to have a conversation more than anything else. That's interesting, Gary, that you felt that awkward feeling in the beginning. Yeah. You know, that's like, it, it's, it's unfortunate. Right. But I think it's worth noting for sure. 
Do you feel like that's there anymore? Do you feel like you like with your most recent or your last interview, did you feel like that was still, still there? Absolutely not. The room is different. The room is different. There's uh there there the the women there 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 men there are men of different ethnicities background. Uh, my last interview, if I can be specific, it was um, a a French man, um, a American white male, a Vietnamese um, HR person. You know what I mean? It, it, it was it was wonderful. That's that, cool. Yeah, that, that was not the case twenty years ago. Right. Okay. That was a, my my, you know, my my recruiter, uh, the, the person who was recruiting me, uh, female, uh, you know, Latin um, Hispanic lady. Uh, so, again, everyone was there. So I felt really, really comfortable. Um, and you talk, Ashley, about, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, I, I think it's just and you see it in today's society. Right. Everything is just, everything is on media now. So it's stuff that was been there. It's now at the forefront. People thinking about it to a blind eye. It's always been there. How do I approach it? I just, you know, I research the company. You know, do I want to be part? What is the company doing from a from a, um, a corporate responsibility perspective? Well, what are they doing? With, who are they? Who are they aligned with? Those things are, are, you know, very important because I want to bring my whole self, right? I and 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 um, I think that's important. So I don't see it as much now from my perspective because of what I look for, and then for the candidates that's coming in, it's again, it's a plethora of people. Lots of backgrounds. So I say that a lot of companies are doing it, are doing it really, really, really well. Yeah. I like that about researching the company, not just, you know, who the company is and what they do for a business, but mm-hmm. culture wise, do they have philanthropic um, passions, right? Do they give yeah. to a certain charity? What charity is that? And I can tell you a lot about the yeah. culture even before interviewing. And Steph and I hear that all the time from our clients. It's, it, it is all about a culture fit now and really yeah. diversifying everything and just being all inclusive. Cause it's like, you don't want the same person That's right. uh, in every single seat because That's then right. what, what kind of uh, new information are you going to come up with? Ex- exactly. Exactly. And even, even looking at the board, you know, it's something that I started doing a couple of years ago. I look at the board members, right? I look, you know, is it all male? Is it, is it, you know, what, what's the mixture? That, that's my big thing, right? Because um, I've, I've worked on this um, uh, CIO, I'm currently CIO female, um, and, you know, and I work on the male, I work on the, you know, um, you know, black, white, just whatever it is. And they're all different and they're all great, Right, they're all different. They're all great. So it really it cha- it troubles me sometimes where you see it's just you know one thing there. It's like okay, I may not want to be there depending on what level I want to go up to, right? Uh, but yeah, I think all that's all that's important as well. And again, some people just want to come and sit down, just do their job. It's not their career. Have a paycheck, pay the mortgage, their car note, and and that's enough. I think at my age, at my level now, I think I'll look a little bit more than that, right? I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I like this. I want to be able to help your company from a very, uh, non, you know, very specific area to help them. Everyone is going to come to you. So they have better opportunities, better conversations, better job landings, et cetera. Right. Oh, I think that's a good point that you mentioned about the board because... You know, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't think of that looking at a board of a company because they're not like, you know, you're not going to be working with them every day or reporting to them. So that's a good point. And that can say a lot about how a company operates um, and what the board is like. Um, 
I also um, wanted to point out, I know a lot of companies are trying to really get into diversity and inclusion. A lot of companies are creating that whole separate, you know, diversity and inclusion um, department, or, or, yeah. mm-hmm. which I think is great. Um, yeah. Some of it is even like a, on a volunteer basis. Like if you have a, you know, a full-time role in the company, you can also be on like the di- diversity and inclusion yeah. you know, team or whatever, which I, I think it's great that companies are doing that. Yeah. Do you- I, was a vol- I was a volunteer 20 plus years ago. Oh, really? Uh, with that company where I think we probably approached Matt or whatnot because it was, that's exactly what it was. It wasn't a specific department. Mm-hmm. It was like, I need some of your time. I need some of your time. I need right. some of your time or whatnot. It was, it was great. It was great. I think, I think we made a difference in terms of uh, the type of talent that came into the company and stuff. But I think, um, you know, that was just, that was just like your part-time job. So how much focus did you really play on it? Right. Put it exactly. There. Yeah. And I know we talked about before, which I, I um, love this was don't judge a book by its cover oh my, yeah. Yeah. with, you know, color, race, gender, education, you know, all of that, you know, it's, it's, it's not about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And how has, um, in your opinion, how has zoom and the, and, really the way things have changed now over COVID, like how has that changed that? Do you think it's gotten better? And even with the remote people working remote, a lot of times you think it has helped with that? I, I think, I think it does, right? Because now um, before you bring somebody into the office, you can do all this pre-work, you know, like send me a video of this. This one I do not like, but I'll tell you, send me a video of yourself. Anybody who tells me, send me a video of yourself, I start thinking, hmm, <laughs> right. are, you, are you going to cut me off just because, you know, this or that, right? But Judge Bookbad's cover, I remember that conversation. Um, this one lady was interviewing with me and um, she was dressed up, you know, jacket and everything and very, very sharp. Monday, you know, sleeveless, tatted all the way down nose ring purple hair and i go like we'll call her stephanie <laughs> i go <laughs> <laughs> i go uh sorry i go stephanie um why did you dress like that in the interview it's like would you have really hired me based upon your qualifications yes but i get where you're coming from it's like exactly it's like you know you got to play the part i say on this right. i understand that so fast forward to you know most of the when I, first, when I first came here to where I am today, I started to implement, even before COVID, you know, Zoom calls. There were like so many people looking to be on board. I'm like, let's do well, Skype at that time. Let's do Skype and Zoom. And, uh, you know, I bring in a young client. When I say young, they're usually like under 21, probably, you know, they're either in the college or, you know. And, and sometimes, you know, like look at my background. Their background is an unmade bed. Right or like a made up bed because they're in the game chair. And again, I I I, fl- I, I I'm flexible with that. I start talking about hey, what kind of game chairs that you have? I have an H and O, right? And you know, again, conversation. They calm down. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, next, you know, um, we're gonna close the interview, but next time you want to make that better, right? <laughs> you know, uh, different right. things like that, right? Um, yeah. So thank goodness for like you know background blurs and effects and stuff like that. So people just have to understand those. You know, what's the right thing to do. Um, but I've seen a lot of success with a Zoom call because they're really comfortable. Um, they're in their space. And so it's about letting them feel in that space even when they come on site for that final. 
for that panel or whatever it is. So Zoom has helped a lot. Um, it can be a little bit overwhelming and stuff because I don't know exactly how much you're seeing. So just like with test interview, I do a lot of, even before this, I do a test call with people, right? So I'm even going to do a Zoom meeting. You want to do a test Zoom interview with a, a friend that can help you. That would tell you how you look. Is your head shining too much? Wow, let me not do that. That was like really, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, things like that. Your test calls and, you know, sometimes your mic may not work um, and stuff like that. So I think all those things help just like in a regular interview. You do a test prep, you do a test call. What doors did you have to kick open or um, what glass ceiling did you have to break in order to get to where you are today? Mostly um, people didn't look like me in leadership. Uh, they didn't look like me. They were not uh, a person of color, whether male or female, right? Um, they didn't look like me. So I had to, again, present the best me, forget about, you know, what I look like and stuff, just present the best me and really hope that that person, you know, would have a, would have that, I would say, open-mindedness to like, you know, just listen to the conversation, you know, see some potential, talk those things. Um, the, the, when you look at your, like one of the teams that I worked for, when you look at the entire department, and you, when I said department of 25, and you're the only person of color, whether male or female, to me, that's a barrier that says, you know what, I have to perform maybe much better than everyone, you know, the average person here, but I also want to bring someone else in. So I want to be a little bit more successful because I want to bring somebody else in eventually. I, I, that's just how I think, you know, whether it be female, male, whatever, I want to bring somebody else in because it, this, this can be it. I spoke to a, this guy on a team one time. I looked at his baseball team and I said, why does everybody look like you? And he said, because I just deal with the best mm -hmm. of the best. So you're telling me there's no Latino, there's no, you know, um, Chinese, there's no blacks, there's nobody else that can play. It was like, well, that's just what I was like, okay. The difference with me is like, I, I go to those different areas and I look for them and I want to bring them to where they are, you know, because there's a, there's a lot more talent. And some people just think differently. They right. think differently. So some of those, some of those doors is having, is, you know, again, having those conversations, you know, mentoring right most of my at mentors did not look like me right because i wanted to know how to get through that door right um i had a cio one time who did look like me and what and he told me what he had to do to get through it you know the first 90 days etc and he definitely want to come alongside people break those barriers by not being a barrier yourself right and you right. not being a barrier when i when i come and i talk to you stephanie and ashley it's gary you're dealing with you know, and you see what I look like. There's no elephant in the room. <laughs> you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's all you need to worry about, how you present you, your best, your best self. Right. Right. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like by, I feel like by having people that are different than you, like not all exactly the same, it helps yeah. you grow and be more well-rounded and you can learn stuff from them and, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, I've been in this for so long. A lot of people are not aware that I was actually born in New Jersey because of my accent or what, how long I spent in Trinidad. I've actually been more in the U.S. now than I've ever been in the island of Trinidad. But I was born in Jersey and I actually grew up in Trinidad, you know. Um, but again, you that. learn those things. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't, don't know those things. and I think it's important. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. Yeah, that's you, you. You must have had a lot of like, interesting, edgy, and uncomfortable conversations throughout those decades of, you know, breaking through that glass ceiling, right? And, and you know, getting to places where, you know, you know, people 
people were not, you know, in the room that looked like you, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. it's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be hard. I know like as a woman trying to like break through and just seeing, you know, all men is, is uncomfortable, Yeah, you know? Yeah. 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 So I, so with me, I remember one time, and I think I mentioned this. Um, so it was a CIO, VP, my manager, myself. And um, I remember I had a, a talk. It was a chat with a VP. And the feedback to one of his colleagues who I, who I knew was like, oh, he speaks very well. Now, the colleague he spoke to was white. And he said, he said to me, he's like, uh, he said, he is, uh, he is Southern. And he's not familiar with, in his, you know, his age or whatever it is. And he's not familiar with, you know, at that time it was, this is decades ago with blacks being able to present themselves the way you did, right? And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, wow, I spoke well. I said, okay, I'm a senior manager in this company for a, for a while. I would expect that, you know, my diction is, 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 is good, well, you know, well-placed. Um, but that was, that, again, awareness, right? You know, what did I do with that? I just continued to speak well. <laughs> right. Right. At that point, you're like, all right, I'm not going to, you know, let anything slip. I'm going to I'm going to speak all my eloquent like right? English and words. And, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's just me. But, you know, um, wow. but but regardless, that that gave you an uh, uh, insight of, you know, how people think and, and they might be comfortable sharing with someone else. You know, it's not feedback that I need to correct anything, but that's just let you know, okay, you know what? They recognize that. I remember doing a class one time and my professor says, why is it when you present, you tend to put on the strong American accent? I said, so people could understand me. So he said, it is so refreshing to hear that little European. It's so, because people kind of like, they do this, they kind of lean in. What is he saying? <laughs> you know, that type of thing, right? And, and, so, so he said, don't lose it. it you know, yeah. be different like that. Yeah. Everyone I always loves an accent. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I agree with him. Like, I love the accent. It's you and it makes you, you. And I wouldn't try to change that. I think it took me a long time to realize that, but, um, I feel like slowly people are kind of like elevating themselves yeah. to an awareness that, is hopefully going to be, you know, more than acceptable, you yeah, know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, you see what's going on right now with, you know, um, you know, uh, violence against, you know, another culture again, right. You know, um, Asian Americans and stuff like that. You see all that stuff going on. It's like, why are we going backwards again? Why are we going back and forth? And again, it's, it's uncomfortable, you know, you know, people not knowing, not willing to try to understand or it's probably something that's been going on again. It's just the media has brought it up again, you know? Um, So. So one last question, Gary, what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who is looking to make that next step in their career or take a a leadership or management role? What would you, what would you advise them from your experience? So next step in their career, again, um, there are great free resources out there, you know, on, on communication, leadership, I think uh, you know, get some get some of that you know information in your hands. Read it and see what some leaders are doing there. Don't just get caught up in the Facebook leader or the the Netflix leader, but you know, get on LinkedIn maybe and and look and really see what other leaders are doing. Right. Um, I, I think a mentor that's not even you're not in the company yet, 
but you can have a friend that's in leadership and start talking to them. Hey, how have you been successful? What are some of the things you do? What, what is it like out there? Right. And to, so have that type of um, relationship with, with some leaders out there as well. Um, definitely you want to refresh your resume. Have Don't just have one resume company look at it. Um, have a couple of people look at it because everybody will say something different. Right. Um, and make sure, you know, you you know, you know, like, they like, like LinkedIn profiles and stuff. It matches the voice, mm-hmm. you know, it, it matches. Right. But Good definitely, um, you know, what do you want? Look at the company, what do you, where you want to be? You know, there are a lot of resources to research salaries, different things like that. Compensation, um, the culture, you know, what do you really, what do you really want? Be able to know what that is. Yeah. That's so underrated, Gary. I think a lot of individuals wait for, companies or managers to tell them what they should do. And you really need to have a solid understanding of what you're looking for, what, what makes you happy, what's your passion, because otherwise you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Right. Absolutely. I have a question for you, Gary. So when you're talking about the mentorship, do you feel like regardless if they're inside or outside the company that you're working with or want to get into, do you recommend them being, like a different gender, race, whatever, just to get a different perspective? Um, back then, I probably 20, 30 years ago, I probably would have said it was easier to do it that way to like have somebody like for like maybe, right? Because um, they may have been through the same thing. But I think we've grown so much as a nation, country, uh, world that um, you just need to be able to relate to someone, right? This is Gary. Um, New Jersey, Trinidadian, work all this, whatever it is. I need some help with this. Can you help me? Or can you come alongside me? So it really doesn't, it does, it doesn't matter. Um, I think uh men should, you know, I believe in iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, right? But I think men could pull women along and upwards. I think that women, uh, the race, the gender, whatever, could also pull men and women upwards. You know what I mean? Uh, we, see, we see it in sports. We see it in leadership. It's not just one look, right? So they all have that ability. If they call themselves a leader, they should have that ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Gary. I think that everything you said was great. Um, we have what we called boss bites, um, okay. which are, um, like the valuable information, little tidbits that people can pull out of it. And I feel like yeah. there was a ton, I was taking notes because I feel like there was a did lot. You get some bites? I did. We a lot. <laughs> so, um, no, I th- actually like that was great. And I love the topic. I feel like it's very important for, you know, anyone in the, in the business community to be aware of all that stuff. And it's everything, it's stuff that we all deal with on a daily basis. So thank you for addressing that. And I appreciate your time and coming on here. Great seeing your face again. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. In fact, a memory came up in my phone the other day. It was you with your, I think your last child. Um, it came and up I was like, phone. huge. <laughs> no, <laughs> like com- about to pop. no comment. This is still being recorded. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that. That was his birthday was yesterday or Monday. So that was uh, five over five yes. years ago now. And we've known wow. each other way before that and stuff like that. So. Yes. So well, thank Ashley, you. Ashley, we're just bringing you into the team. I know. Yes. I, know. I love hearing it. I love hearing when like Steph knows someone for decades. It's like, I just feel like getting popcorn and listening to you guys chat. <laughs> I love it. 
Well, uh, we'll have to get together and I'll do lunch maybe next time you're in Tampa or in Orlando. Either one. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. All right. Well, thank you, oh, Gary. Thank you, Gary. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, live bold and boss up. This is a Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida Quick Fix on Radio Influence. I have a wonderful guest today, Teresa Lopez from The Greatest Damn Bites. So we decided on that name based on, we wanted something with all our initials in it. So there were four of us initially, and we wanted something catchy that was food related, but not specifically tied to anything like not a Tampa name or so we just came up with the greatest damn bites um, I didn't change it or anything because I really love the name and even though it started with our initials like it it truly does cover so much you know the greatest damn bites in Tampa like you can just cover so much food with that and it's worked out in my favor in terms of puns I love mm-hmm. to make puns and I'm not tied to Tampa, even though I love Tampa and I've been here forever. If I ever did move, I could use the handle somewhere else, which is nice. But um, people have told me that they love the name and I love it too. So I've kept it the same. Forking Around Town with Tracy Guida can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play and RadioInfluence.com.